Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable coming to you again right here on WMAF, your hometown radio station right there in cowboy country, North Florida, Madison area, South Georgia, anywhere in the United States that is connected to the World Wide Web, any nation in the world. We welcome all of you today to this broadcast, this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus. We're so grateful to be part of the broadcast family right here on WMAF, and we are so grateful to have you, if you are a consistent listener, as part of our listening family. And we pray today, if you're a brand new listener, that you will stay tuned, and we pray especially if you don't know Christ as your Savior, that you will stay tuned today. If you have listened to the gospel music on this channel, and 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 all the programming is family-friendly, uh, but there's a special something about the hope and consolation that is given when you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in music and the great hymns of the faith, the great songs of the faith, both the ancient hymns and the contemporary songs, all are giving a very clear message that there is hope for you today in Jesus Christ. Praise God. That's what gospel means. It means good news. Praise God. So in, in the midst of all the bad news all around our nation, all around the world, we've come to bring you some good news today. We come to bring you the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That that message of, of the cross and the message of what He accomplished on the cross and the message of, of why that He did it. What kind of love is this that, that caused Jesus to hang on that cross when He had all power in heaven and earth? He make, make no mistake about it, dear friend. He didn't have to stay on that cross. He had to stay on it to pay our sin debt. But He didn't have to stay on it. He chose to stay on it to pay our sin debt. He was not a victim of those spikes that held Him there. On the authority of the Roman Empire, the governor that authorized His crucifixion or the people that wanted Him dead, He stayed on that cross and only one thing held Him there. And that is His great love for you and for me. And the Bible said God commended his love to us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He can't save you. He can't forgive your sin. He can't pardon your sin and seal you uh, un unless you come to Christ by faith. But I want you to know that He loves you enough to die for you. He loved you enough to die in your place so you could be saved. And that should break down our pride and it should break down our resistance to His call to salvation today. And we pray as we get into the Word of God that we see more than principles and promises that we see the person who made them. Hallelujah. And we see the person uh, that loves us so very much. Praise God. So stay tuned today. Don't turn the 
the dial. We're going to be talking about the good shepherd knows my name. The good shepherd knows my name. And we're going to read uh, 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 quite a bit of scripture initially for this teaching today out of John's Gospel, the Gospel of St. John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. And uh, just before we do, if you have your Bibles, you want to mark it or put that down, the 10th chapter of John in the New Testament. Let me just invite you to come to our website. If you haven't come, we welcome you to come. Just type in Pastor Robert A. Venable, V-E-N-A-B-L-E, and it will take you to our website right here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates. In January, we're going to be marking 40 three years as senior pastor of this particular ministry and we just pray as as we reach out and therefore I always introduce myself as what I truly am and that's Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. You know the Bible said to do the work of an evangelist and I believe that we need to be more evangelistically oriented in our personal witness and our daily opportunities to share the gospel of Christ with others. So that's what we're doing right here and right now over this radio station. If you'd like to come, you can type in Pastor Robert A. period and then Venable, V-E-N-A. A-B-L-E, and it will take you to our website right here in Tampa, Florida. Now, having said that, if you uh, would like to make any comments on this radio broadcast, if you enjoy it, if it's a blessing to you, we, we would love so much to hear from you. And if WMAF is a blessing to you, they're, you know, they've been there a long time, and they're a small station, but they have such a big heart, and they just want to, to be a blessing and and not just to uh, uh, it's not just a commercial uh, endeavor there's a desire I know some of those people personally and the ones I don't I'd like to get to know better but all of these folks are, are people that are everyday people that just want to be a blessing to other people and what a what a joy it is to be affiliated with a station like this so uh, let them know give them a ring write them a postcard it's coming up on Christmas season thank Thanksgiving, uh, pick up one of those cards with a turkey on it and, and send it to the station. Amen. And say, we, we thank you. We bless you. We're praying for you. And I know they'll be blessed by it. Amen. All right. Now, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 1 through 16. The Good Shepherd knows my name. Listen to the words of Jesus here as he presents himself as he truly is, a great, great shepherd of the sheep and a good shepherd of the sheep. Praise God. Now we move from God's greatness to His graciousness, to His sovereignty, uh, to His personal desire uh, to be very, very close to you and to me today. Listen to what He said. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you. Now this would be rendered surely, surely. Uh, we here in the South might say, Look at him, look at him. God doesn't want you to miss this today. Anytime you see a surely, surely or a verily, verily, it means he wants you to pay particular, peculiar attention. Don't 
miss this. So I'm going to read it once again slowly because I don't want to miss it either. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Now, if you want to, you can read the rest of it, uh, but I'm going to begin this teaching with this particular part of this this analogy here of, of Jesus being the good shepherd. Listen to this. To him that the porter openeth the sheep, and, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name. He calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. See, this is what we want to talk about today, is about the spiritual implications and resulting blessings of having a shepherd God who knows you and me intimately and personally. It's because He loves us enough to be that, that concerned about us, that caring for us. Have you ever felt alone or abandoned? Have you ever felt like you just couldn't keep up? that you lack the strength or stamina to overcome? Have you ever felt overwhelmed and afraid? I've got good news for you. You have a good shepherd who knows you intimately and loves you unconditionally. I want to say that again. You have a good shepherd who loves you intimately, personally, and absolutely loves you unconditionally. And you be, may be saying unto me, Preacher, you're telling me that God loves me and I'm a sinner? Yes, I'm telling you that God loves you. He can't forgive you. He can't pardon your sin. He can't save you from the judgment to come unless you repent of your sin and receive Him. But I can tell you by the authority of God's Word and what He did to back it up when Jesus hung on the cross in your place, in my place, that He loves you today. John 3.16 is very clear. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish but have eternal life. God loved the fallen world with all of the sinful, rebellious, proud, blasphemers that are in it enough to give His Son to save everyone who will repent of their sin and receive Christ as their Savior. This is the good news today. And if you're a Christian today, and you're praying to a God that seems so distant, and a heaven seems like, as, the, as many people try to describe it, heaven seemed brass when I prayed, then we need to get a clear understanding of this wonderful shepherd king that we are serving and how he wants to relate to you and to me today. Let me give you some information about this sheepfold thing. A Palestinian sheep pen had walls but only one entrance where the shepherd slept to protect the sheep from predators. The shepherd would lead the sheep, not drive them, and they knew his voice. They had individual names, often as a description of each sheep's unique 
peculiarities. Color, marking, shape, size, etc., even their temperament may cause a particular name to be given them. Throughout the Bible, names are important. One's name is more than a label for postal envelopes or a file in the tax department. The shepherd would absolutely put his life on the line for their safety. But Jesus, the good shepherd, lays down his life. For his sheep. Five times in these scriptures, verse 1 through verse 16, he refers to his death for the flock. Usually the sheep are offered as a blood sacrifice for the shepherd. Here the shepherd offers himself as a blood sacrifice for the sheep. We who are not part of Judaism are the other sheep. However, we belong to one flock. Whether we're Jew or Greek, bond or free, the scripture is clear. We become one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. One flock with one shepherd. And therefore we, Jew and Gentile, who have received Christ as our Savior, make up the one united church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not a denominational tag or title. That is the truth. We're one in Jesus Christ. No Jew, no Greek, no no bond, no free, no male, no female. At the foot of the cross, we have a common ground that we stand upon. And we are loved equally by this wonderful, wonderful, good shepherd God. The fact that Christ knows your name is important today and my name, that you have a shepherd God who cares for you, it proves that that point exactly. Psalm 23 in verse 1, a psalm of David says, The Lord is my shepherd. And acknowledging that foundation fundamental truth about our relationship with our God when it is a right relationship, a reconciled relationship, we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. And the moment we proclaim that great truth in reality, we can say, I shall not want. He'll protect me. He'll provide for me. He will give me everything and has in Christ, according to the New Testament, hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Someone has said of Psalm 23, I want to quote it to you today. It's one of the simplest yet loveliest poems ever written. Its lines are as simple as childhood rhymes, and yet its meaning is as deep as an archangel's anthem. We could well afford to deprive ourselves of some of earth's most magnificent libraries rather than to deprive ourselves of this precious little poem. Psalm 23 is the reflective thinking of an aged man who had been forgiven and who had discovered some wonderful truths about God. It is a confession of faith, a profession of faith, and a proclamation of faith. It's an anthem of grace. It's a shout of joy, an exclamation from the heart of a man who is overflowing with love and gratitude for his God. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the personification of the shepherd king of Psalm 23. Jesus Christ has a shepherd's heart, and he loves you. 
He has a shepherd's eye, and he sees your needs. He has a shepherd's strength. He's able to deliver you. He has a shepherd's faithfulness. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He has a shepherd's tenderness, literally a good shepherd in all of these instances. Uh, He has a shepherd's tenderness. He will give you personal attention if you will trust him. He alone can bring contentment which runs deep. And we need to be able to say with David of old, and how much more in the new covenant, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Praise God. The Lord is my shepherd. He knows me by name. I am well cared for, well protected, highly favored. He that died for me will provide for me. Praise God. He calleth his own sheep by name. He cares for you intimately and personally. And because he knows my name, I can rest in him. Psalm 23 and verse 2 says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and He leadeth me beside still waters. You know, a hard scripture to apply by faith when we're in a panic-stricken state and we're so fearful is a scripture that says, Be still and know that I am God. Literally, to be able to rest in the full assurance that God's got it, that God has us and God has our situation. When we put our trust in Him, we can, we can lean upon Him. First look to Him and then lean upon Him. And in the leaning upon Him, we can rest in Him and rest in the full assurance that God will take care of it. God will see to it, literally. Praise God. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and He leadeth me beside the still waters. Philip Keller, a shepherd and author of A Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm, says this in relation to this particular text. And I quote, The strange thing about sheep is that because of their very makeup, it's almost impossible for them to be made to lie down unless four requirements are met. Owing to their timidity, they refuse to lie down unless they feel free of all fear. Because of their social behavior within a flock, sheep will not lie down unless they're free from friction with others of their kind. If tormented by flies or parasites, sheep will not lie down. Only when free of these pests can they relax. Lastly, sheep will not lie down as long as they feel the need of finding food. They must be free from hunger. It's significant to be at rest. There must be a definite sense of freedom from fear, tension, aggravations, and hunger. The unique aspect of the picture is that it is only the sheepman himself, the shepherd, who can provide release from these anxieties. It all depends on the diligence of the owner whether or not his flock is free from these disturbing influences. And this is the spiritual application that we want to see here today. In our text, the psalmist of Israel 
spiritualizes the relationship of sheep to their shepherd in such a manner as to sing an anthem of praise to the Lord. Amen. We have a picture of sheep that have been completely satisfied and perfectly filled. The psalmist is describing the spiritual nourishment that is provided for the child of God who's willing to wait upon God through his study of the Word and through prayer and communion and fellowship with God. We can't find strength sufficient to walk through the valley of the shadow of death unless we're willing to take time to lie down in the green pastures of the Word and by the still waters of prayer. Hallelujah. But when we take that time to seek the Lord, we're going to find rest for our soul. Isn't that what Jesus said in the New Covenant? Take my yoke upon you, you that labor and are heavy laden. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, and you will find what the whole world is seeking and searching so frantically for. You will find rest for your soul. Peace, literally, for your mind. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. God can satisfy your soul if He can get you to lay down. He can get you to rest in Him. Then He can lead you because you can hear His voice above all of the clamor and all of the the loudness of the world that we live in and all of the screaming of fear in our ears and hearts. We can hear Him say, Peace, be still, and we can find rest for our soul. When the psalmist said, He makes me to lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside the still waters. He's speaking about the experience of communion and fellowship with the Good Shepherd. And it reveals His love for the waiting sheep. There used to be a, a, a fishing report here in the Tampa area. And the, the man that did it for so many years, many, many, many years ago in the days of black and white TV. He's, he's a formal television personality. And he used to say, if you're too busy to go fishing, you're too busy. Amen. And friend of mine, I want you to know if we get too busy to go to the Word of God to discover His person and His presence and His promise to never leave us, to always lead us, to, to give us that peace that passes all understanding, to make us to lay down in green pasture. Friend of mine, we get too busy. We have our cut and dried uh, timed so it doesn't interrupt our busyness. We've made our church services to accommodate our busyness instead of taking our busyness to accommodate time, to get down in the Word of God and let the Word of God get down on the inside of us so that we can stand out in the crowd. Someone today who has hope and peace in the midst of all the trouble and tumult Someone today that can lay down and rest in the Lord when, when our mind gets so cluttered and, and we're so troubled, but that we can give that to God. He maketh me to lay down in green pastures. 
The casual reader of this psalm would get the impression that the good shepherd casually leads his sheep to the pastures and from the pastures, pastures to a place of rest. The actual picture is presented in the original language. It's a little bit difficult to convey in English. The word maketh or make me to lay down refers to a repeated action. And it's in an intense that involves forcible, compelling action. It declares the shepherd makes the sheep to lie down. The shepherd knows the sheep cannot endure the heat of the day, the strain of the march across parts of the desert unless they have a proper time to rest. He maketh me to lay down. Did you know the rest of the sheep would not lay down if one is standing? Because if he's afraid of something, then there must be something for them to be afraid. Fear is something that spreads like a pandemic, an epidemic, a pandemic of fear seems to be covering the earth. And the Bible said that He would mark us in this time of fear. The time of the end would be marked by men's hearts failing them for fear and looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. These are not unfounded fears. This is not a mere paranoia. Listen, this is what we see coming upon the earth. And it's going to get worse and worse as the tribulation period nears. Friend of mine, God wants His flock, every child of God, to stand out in a fear-filled, fearful time, perilous time. He wants us to stand out as people of hope and people of peace because we're not so concerned about what's coming upon the earth because we know who's coming to the earth. We know all of this means that Jesus Christ is coming very very soon. And the shepherd would go to that sheep that was standing with the fear and anxiety not yet quieted, even though the shepherd had provided the four necessities for him to lay down. He hasn't laid down. And he goes to him and he puts his hand on his head. And while speaking comfort, comforting words, he pushes the head down and that sheep acquiesces to the shepherd and says, you know, you're right here with me. You're right here beside me. Nothing can truly harm me or hurt me. And that sheep lays down. Maybe now we're beginning to get it. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures and if we can get us to lay down (laughs) in a green pasture he can then lead us beside still waters praise God this is the great cry of every person's heart that we can live our life in faith and hope and peace and know that we know that we know That no matter what happens, uh, Jesus is coming soon. And no matter what happens between our going to Him or Him coming for us, He is with us. That is His personal promise. As a good shepherd is committed to the death for His flock, we have a shepherd king who said, I will never leave you. And it's in the emphatic. It would read like this, I will never No, never leave you, nor forsake you. I will go with you all the way, even unto the end of the age. Today, I believe I'm speaking to someone whose heart is troubled. Someone who 
cannot seem to just lay down in the green pasture of God's provision and God's promise so that He could lead you to that peace, so He could lead you beside still waters. And today, if you're not a Christian, and you're listening to this broadcast as well, the Bible said the wicked are like the waters of a troubled sea, of a stormy sea whose waters themselves affect it so deeply that on the bottom of the deep sea, those waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith God, unto the wicked. Oh, we need peace as sinners. We need the peace of knowing that our sins are forgiven, the peace of knowing that we have eternal life. When we draw our last breath here, we'll draw our next breath in heaven. And we need the peace of knowing that Christ is with us all the way on our journey. Therefore, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for we know that He is with us today. So today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I invite you right now to come to Him. Come to the Shepherd King. Come and repent of your sins and and be brought into His sheepfold. Oh, friend of mine, it's time to be able to say, The Lord is my Shepherd. I shall not want any more. Hallelujah. And if you're a Christian today, it's time to cast your care on Him. It's time to take all of your fear, your worry, and anxiety and trust it to a shepherd king who loves you enough to call you by name. Ah, friend, will you come back next week and let's continue to talk about Jesus. Jesus.